good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. We want to welcome you to Ramos Weekly Podcast. I'm here with, my name is Craig Hagan. I'm here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing good. How are you today, Craig? I'm great because, you know, the weather's a whole lot better outside. Yes, it is. You know, instead of being three degrees, I think it's in the 50s today, we, but we had some 70s this week. I had so, some 70s this week. Yeah, so, you know, Tulsa's a little bit different than yeah. icicle like it was last yeah. week. Mood swings in the weather. Yeah, mood swings. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so we'll, <laughs> <laughs> what what do they call that when you're high and low and um, you you're yeah bipolar bipolar we yeah, have bipolar we got, yeah, we weather got bipolar we weather get, bipolar. We, get, we get both poles and everything in between yeah we want to invite you guys to um you know join with us on social media Raymond Podcast on Facebook and Instagram Live and also we we put up some photos and you can see Grady's attic we're actually cleaning it up a little bit more than than. Over the last few weeks, so it looks better than it used to. Coming along. Yeah, so pretty excited about that. Also, I I got, you know, you can also send us an email, podcast at rhema.org. I had a guy, not an email, I had a phone call from one of the friends, my friends last night, about our podcast. And, you know, obviously we've been recording podcasts since around November, I guess, something like that. something like that. So this is one of my best friends, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm sad to say that last night, you know, yesterday... Was the first time you listened to our podcast? Actually, two days ago. Two days ago, the first time you listened to our podcast. He goes, and it really was good. I was like shocked. <laughs> and, you know, so I mean, he was like, you know, you know, really highly. I mean, like bragging because I don't normally brag on anything, and, but it's bragging on us. So, if you think our podcast is good, let us know. If you think it's bad, let us know as well too. <laughs> also, if there's something you would like to us, some subject you want us to discuss on the podcast, Rayma. Um, sorry, podcast at rhema.org and let us know what's going on. Well, today we, we have another pastor today. Um, you know, obviously for you that are listening out there is this term. We have pa- um, pastors that come from their churches to come teach our students this term. And so, you know, because it's one thing to have someone actually being a pastor, you know, doing it right now. Another thing to hear someone who pastored 10 years ago, you realize 10 years ago, we didn't have all the social media we have now and all the different things that we have now. So it's totally different now than it was even 10 years ago. That is true. So um, Pastor Chad Stewart's here from Reach Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Chad, how are you doing today, man? Doing good. Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here with you guys. And like you said, man, I'd rather be here to this week than last week. So it <laughs> worked out perfect for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, you live in the Tulsa metropolitan area, so <laughs> you were around here last week. <laughs> yes. And I think that what you said was the perfect example. We live at both poles. We yeah. do experience that. Yeah. I mean, the North Pole and the South Pole by far, you know, so. Yeah. So, um, Chad, you're a 2007 Raymer graduate? Eight. 2008 Raymer graduate. Yep. So, so let us know your story, I guess. You're, you're from Missouri, right? Yep. Born and raised in uh, Nixon, Missouri, which is right outside of Springfield or Branson. Probably be familiar. more familiar with yep. Branson, yeah. Missouri. I'm probably, you know, about 30 minutes from Branson. And so, uh, so actually. So did you grow up watching country shows? I we did actually. My cousin uh, was in the Ball Knobber show. Oh, really? Yes, believe uh-huh. it or not. So I know Is your it, mom and dad still go down to punch uh, clay and stuff like that. Down oh, there, yeah, right? yeah, and everything. Yeah. My, my mom and dad, are, they're there right they're there now. now. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's their home away from home. They, they got they, a spot right on the Branson Landing, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so can yeah. we say that on public? I don't know if we're supposed to say that. <laughs> it's okay. 
Yep. So you're not you're not Ken the Droopy, are you? No, and not Droopy. Now that's funny right there. Stub. It was actually Stub, okay. the other one. So, yes. All right, you're from Nixon, Missouri. <laughs> We've already digressed quickly. Uh, yeah, from Nixon, Missouri. Uh, grew up there my whole life. But from Missouri, and uh, I got saved at a young age. And I grew up. My background is Assembly of God. Uh, the local church that we went to was the Nixon Assembly of God Church there. And I had a friend that I was. Um, grew up with, and his dad was the pastor at the local church there. And I think it was in first grade, they invited me to come play basketball with them. And so I went and played basketball. And through that relationship with getting to know them, actually, I gave my life to Christ at that church. And uh, I grew up that church my whole life, been a part of it the whole my whole life. Uh, my mom recently passed away, but my dad still attends that church today. And so, yeah, I grew up Grew up, gave my life to Christ at a young age, and then served God and then realized that I wanted to do ministry, and I probably did it different than most people do. Uh, I did it backwards, as a matter of fact. You know, I should have went to Rama first, uh, but I didn't. I actually moved to Kansas City, and my youth pastor, when I grew up as a kid, actually moved there, and I found him by chance, and he was actually planting a church. Hmm. And so went to lunch one day and I was in school at the time to get my criminal justice degree. Thought I wanted to go on and do something in the police world of that and uh, had lunch and he said, "Hey, starting a church." He said, "You want to come?" And I had no idea what that meant and I said, "Sure." And so went with him and we pioneered the church. There was 12 of us that started the church and we met like every good church planner in his house for, you know, months and months. <laughs> and uh and then one day we decided to launch and we went public if you will, you know, went to a little hotel banquet room and was there and stuff and sometime during that point though over the next year or so i just really got involved as much as i could and started feeling this change take place in my mm -hmm. heart and i really felt this desire to do ministry and i never really thought about it before or anything like that and so i remember going to my pastor at that time and just saying hey i got a question for you and he was like yeah i said i really feel like maybe this is what i'm called to do and i feel like he gave me a really good piece of advice at that time and he said oh good and i said what does that mean? He said, I'm glad you recognize it. And I said, okay. He said, we've all recognized it for a while. He said, but mm. we wanted God to speak it to you because, and he said, here's why. He said, because when ministry gets tough, you don't need to know that a man called you. You need to know that God called you. Right. And so I think that was probably a great piece of advice that he'd give me all those years because as you guys know, I yeah. mean, uh, ministry, uh, your dad <laughs> says, obviously, Pastor Hagan says ministry is spelled work. Um, I think there's some other words that we could describe ministry as. Yeah, as they're well. four letters too. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> See, I wasn't going to say that, but you said this is. We can say those things, you know, so it's okay. Um, yeah, you know, and so going through the difficulties that you know we don't want to talk about it, even though that you know we're a, a faith organization, obviously at Rama, as a, you know, doesn't exclude us from going through difficult times. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so for me. I think knowing that somebody didn't tell me that, and I'm not saying that, that was somebody else's experience who's listening, obviously, that that's a bad thing. But for me, just having that experience of knowing that I recognize it, they recognize it, you know, then God confirmed it with us, I yeah. think it's been really beneficial. It's a more sure word if it's your word. Yeah. Yeah. been beneficial to me over the years, you know, that because let's be honest, if we're going to be transparent, I think it's, I mean, there's probably days that we all think about quitting when we go through those difficult times, right? <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And so I think having that known that it wasn't somebody who told me, because at that time, like, if I think about it, look about it, you know, and say, oh, you know, Pastor Dave would have said, Chad, I feel like you're called to ministry. So then I'd be like, I trusted him, you know, as, as a pastor to speak that word into my life, you know. 
And I'm thinking, man, I'm glad that I knew within me that's what God had called me to do. Well, uh, ours, Kim, my wife and I's experience was very similar. We were serving her uh, dad in the same as of God. And when I finally came to that place, uh, his response was similar, but but it was like he, like he told me, uh, I was wondering when you were going to obey God. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd knew for a long time. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So I, I, I agree and understand. Yeah. So I, you know, so basically went to him. I said, what do I need to do? And he said, keep doing what you're doing. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. I said, okay. You know, that time, obviously, we were a church plant. You know, we were only <laughs> a couple of years old, and we had moved out of the hotel and we now in a storefront you know and did that and so i just began to serve any way possible anything i could from working the parking lot to being a greeter to usher as you guys know when you start something new you pretty much are everything when you do it you know and so just kept involved and get involved in doing that and and then a couple years into it the church started to grow and i remember we bought our first building and we are now running several hundred people and stuff like that and I was working at the time, and he came to me and said, hey, I want to offer you a position. And he said, come on, uh, as in one, like an associate type of thing. And so I said, awesome. And so talked about it and did it, and so stepped away and started doing that. And so I went into ministry, and at that time, there we had a worship leader. We had another associate, a youth pastor, and all those positions. And what was interesting to me was I was the only one on staff that didn't have a Bible background mm. i didn't go to bible school they'd all graduated you guys may be familiar with cbc yeah. yeah in springfield there that's where all the assemblies of god go to pretty much you know and so they'd all gone to cbc graduated and and they had ministry experience so they had been a youth pastor maybe for 10 years or worship leader for 10 years or whatever and i didn't have either and so uh during that time is when i was thinking man i need to do something good and that's when believe it or not somebody actually gave me a brother hagan book and I read his book for the very first time, and when I read it, I was just blown away. And I and I think you guys will understand this. What I'm trying to say is that I was blown away by how simple he made it. Yeah. yeah. What, what book was it? Man, I can't remember which one it was. Now that you put me on the spot, um, <laughs> which one was that? I mean, most people get Believer's Authority first, but I don't. I don't know. No, if it wasn't Believer's Authority. It was. It was on yeah. healing. It was okay. on healing because I was struggling with something in my time at that time. And a guy in the church had said, hey, have you heard about Rhema? And what's crazy is, you know, I grew up in Springfield, but I hadn't really heard of Rhema whatsoever. And he gave me this book. And so I read it, and it was like, it was, like I said, not this is not a slap. It's a, actually a compliment. It was how simple he yeah, made yeah, this. Yeah. And I remember reading it, and I mean, like, it just, my heart was just, I mean, I was like, oh, my goodness. So I started looking into all this stuff about Rhema and started reading all these different things I could get on there. And then we had a guy come to our church who actually was a, a Rhema graduate. And he said, man, he said, you ought to go to Rhema. He said, you would love it there, you know, and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, you know, obviously it's not in the cards for me right now, you know, doing what I'm doing, everything yeah. and stuff. And so years later, believe it or not, an opportune time, I stepped down for that position. I had moved back to Missouri and I was living back in Nixa. And I think it was around 05, I really felt this call. I was like, I'm supposed to, I think I can go. And at the time, yeah. what's different is my story is maybe a little different. Everybody was, I was 30 years old mm. yeah. when I wanted to come, uh, when I came to Raymond back in 06, my first year there. And so I came at 30. So maybe a little bit different than everybody else's. Yeah. And like I said, you know, if you're listening, um, Rama's not just for 18-year-olds right. because yeah. a lot of people think, well, if I'm college age, I can come to Rama. But but we have people of all ages. Yeah. Now, now, we do have a, a number of people who are right. maybe college age because they come right out of, uh, you know, going, you know, 
trying to figure out what they're going to do, and they decide yeah. to come to Rama. Um, but we have a lot of folks that, that are a little older. I know a number of our folks that we've interviewed so far have been 26. It kind yeah. of seems like an age, you know, a little, little bit over that, you know, yeah. 30. But we've had people who've retired from a, from wherever they were working and came to Rama. So, and the easiest way to find information about Rama right now, you know, we're living in a, in a different age than yeah. them. Go to rbtc.org, and you can fill out all the information um, there. And actually, we'll have one of our student ambassadors will give you a call and you know set up a tour or or Rama College weekends coming up April 9th, tenth, and eleventh, and you know that's you know, coming up. And so, if you want to know more about Rama, rbtc.org. All right, so Chad, so you're thirty years old. You applied to come right now. Now, did you come to any college weekend or, or you know, before you? you just, no. You just came cold turkey. I did. I came cold turkey that 06. Um, actually, what I did was I didn't realize it, but I actually came and um, came was the night of the championship for men's basketball at the time. Yeah. And so I came and there was a game. And so I just came into town to go check out. I was going to go to service with Raymond and yeah. stuff like that. And I came and I came to find out they were. So I came and I, saw, I was like, oh, my goodness, and all this stuff. And so. No college weekend for me, so I came here, just went to service and everything like that. Well, because the uh, first time I think I met you was at NRC. And I don't, it might have been that, that night. I don't know. I think it was. Um, you know, the first time I ever ran into you, yep. we were at the – NRC is actually is our, our gym facility and our gymnasium, and so that's where, you know, we've had many college basketball games, and we'll talk about more about them in a minute. Yeah. So I came, and you know, I was here uh, – and I knew, like, when I came, you know, one of those, you know, not to be cliche-ish or whatever, but once I was here, yeah, I was yeah. on campus, like, I knew I was supposed to be here. And it, which was a story that almost everyone tells. Once, they, once they get to camp, campus, yeah, yeah. So, something about being here. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, I would say the same thing. If you're trying to decide what you want to do, whether you're trying to decide if Rama's for you or not, I would encourage you, like you said, come to Rama weekend, come out here, be on the campus. Yeah, I think they'd be a part of a service on Sunday morning and absolutely. get to experience that. I yeah. think if you can come and see it, I think it's going to impact you, make a big difference, and help you to see what you're supposed to do, yeah. honestly. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, if you can't come to college weekend, we try to set up some tour where you can come for, for a weekend, like you said. You know, you know, and obviously, if you can come on a Friday, you can visit classes, classes as well. Yeah. But, right. But sometimes people can't even, you know, like I said, you, you didn't even visit classes that time. No, you, I did, was, you just came, came yeah. to church. And, I had a full-time job. And, I got off, you know, at whatever it was, 4 o'clock on Friday and jumped in my car and drove down, you know, that night. You know, so I didn't get to set through a class or anything. You know, I just heard, you know, about it from a college graduate that you guys had and was telling me his experiences about it and all that stuff. And I'm thinking. And, and that's the number one reason why people come to Rainbow because someone told mm-hmm. them, some, you know, some Rama graduate. Yep. And so, you know, kudos to our Rama graduates that are out there. And like I, I told someone the other day, I said, you know, so many people tell us how Rama changed their life. Well, wouldn't you want someone else to change their life as well? Yeah. Especially, you know, you know, whether you're called to the ministry, whether you just want to come learn more about the Bible. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people right now, I mean, especially young adults that don't know a lot about the Bible. They don't even know the difference between a nursery rhyme and the Bible yeah. story sometimes. You true. know, fairy tales. And, you know, one Very time I, I'll tell, I'll say, you know, the three bears, Jack of the Beanstalk, and Daniel Lyons did, and they think it's all, it's all, they're all just um, That's funny you said that I actually had the opportunity to teach the third year pastor's class this week, which yeah. has been a huge honor for me to think that, you know, here I am 13 years later now, yeah. back at the place that I sat in a classroom. And not getting to share with some of these pastors, and I shared that point that you with the third year pastors, and I said, "You will make a huge mistake if you walk into your church on Sunday morning and you assume that everybody in that thing knows who David and Goliath are." Yeah, yeah. very true. You know, I said, "So you, you know, I said when it comes to that, I said, 
I think pastoring, one of the most difficult things that we do as pastors, in my opinion, is that, you know, in school and natural, right, you have kindergartners in first grade, second grade, all the way through, and they break them up, right? Well, as you guys know, as pastors, on a Sunday morning, you, spiritually, you're going to have a kindergartner, and then you could have somebody with a Ph.D., and then yeah. we have to speak something that's relevant mm-hmm. to everybody that make it there. And, you know, you would never do that in the natural. You would never put a kindergartner in with a Ph.D. program in the natural. But, you know, with us as a church, as pastors, we're going to be doing that, so we can't assume we have to be relevant to everybody that's in the room, you know. Well, let's see, I had a lot of practice because when I was first in youth ministry here, it was sixth grade to twelfth grade. You, you know, there is nothing a twelfth grader has in common with a sixth grader, <laughs> yeah. except for when I was doing it, Sesame Street. Every, you know, if I, if I related to Sesame Street, everybody was like, you know, yeah, they know Big Bird. Know Big Bird. Everybody's watched Sesame Street at some point in time in their life, and so yeah. I found out Sesame Street characters were, you know, I, I, one a message called, "Are you living in a garbage can?" That was um, you know, that is I, I, I awesome. Actually, I actually brought my garbage to them. Um, <laughs> church that night oscar and so um and so oscar the grouch and, oh you know, yeah talk, talking about that some of these young people probably don't know <laughs> yeah, that they yeah. were listening right yeah, yeah. well that's yeah. the thing about it is you know my, my kids go well not everyone knows sesame street anymore <laughs> i mean they, they kind of do but you know there's a you know well then you have to go to switch to barney or or things like yeah. that but but yeah it's difficult whenever you have a huge you know um swing but here's something else chad is I think it's important whether you have a PhD in ministry, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, to get back to the basics. You know, Brother Hagen always talks about the basics. It, yeah. it, it didn't matter how long you 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 or how mature some of these Christians were, because sometimes we kind of go beyond where we need where we need to be, and we need to get back to the simple stuff. Well, I, I, tell, I tell our pastoral students in second year, uh, when it comes to pastoral care, uh, you need to know. Um, the difference between and when to use Gerber or Ensure. That's good. Or yeah. Huggies or Depends. Yeah. Because you got them all sitting in front of you. Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> I think, you know, that was probably a misconception that I say we should clarify that I'm, you know, people are listening is that I think that what you said is important. In my mind, when I came down here, I thought that when you came to Raymond, everybody was going into full time ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people obviously do. I mean, I have a lot of yeah. friends who graduated with me and they've gone on to full time ministry. They're still in full time ministry. But like you said, just because you're not going to full-time ministry doesn't mean that you can't come to Rainbow. That's right. You yeah. know, I think some of the basic things that you can learn, like you talked about believer's authority and some of those things, our identity in Christ, some of those things that you're taught, whether you're going to go on and be a doctor, a lawyer, or you're going to work at, it doesn't matter. Like you said, having some of those basics in your life. And so I don't yeah. think, it, you know, I'd encourage you whether you want to be in full-time ministry or not to consider to kill coming Absolutely. to Rainbow. Well, you know? like I said, you know, what pastor wouldn't want someone who's came to Rainbow who had the base, you know, these basics to, to be like their head usher? I mean, you know, right. they, mm-hmm. they have some knowledge, some, some knowledge, yeah. you know, or, or to be. And so, you know, a lot of times, well, I know a lot of pastors have told me that, that um, you know, they they well actually I, I gave a challenge to say for every Raymond church to send one person to Raymond just send one person you know every couple of years or whatever I know that there are a number of pastors now have start scholarships so they're going to pay for one person to come to Raymond yep. and you know because you know it means so much to them and then I don't know how many people came to Raymond to learn more about the Bible and now are in ministry today mm-hmm. I mean it wasn't you know they didn't feel a call you know when they got before they got Came, here yeah but but while they were here you know god got a hold of them and you know and so we always have to keep our options open too we don't think well i'm just here to learn more about the bible i'm not here for ministry at all but yeah y- y- you never know you well, know that's how my wife was yeah 
My wife came here. She had no intention of being in ministry. She came here. She's from Canada. Moved all the way down from Canada. I think she was like 19 years old, I think, when she moved down, went to school. And she thought she was coming here for two years. And then she ended up going three. And then she went to ORU to get her business degree. So she went up, finished her business degree at ORU. And now here we are. We met here. And obviously yeah. we got married. And now we've been doing ministry for you know, 11 years together. You so, know. Wow. so let's talk about your Raymond experience. I mean, yeah. are, are there some things, I mean, obviously you've been in ministry, for, you know, work helping this church, you know, and on staff and things yeah. like that it is, what are some things that you learned that you didn't even know? Can you, can you think of something that sticks out that you learned when you showed up at Raymond? Like, wow, man, I wish I would have had known this before I came on, went on staff to this, you know, at, at this church and things like that. I, I joke about it, but it's so true. Pastor Hagen says this, and I to, actually told the third year pastors group this, I can't tell you how many times I've showed up to a place, and Patrick Hagen told us this, always have a sermon prepared. Yeah. I know that sounds so simple, you know, but once people find out that you're in ministry and do stuff like that, yeah. and now I can't believe how many times I've showed up and people are like, hey, I really feel like you should share today. You know, yeah. I'm like, what? Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm glad the Holy Spirit told you, but shouldn't he have told me that as well or something like that? You know, but having honestly, one of those things I remember thinking that is telling us, you know, always have a sermon prepared. And so I literally remember now tell all my people do all yeah. that and kind of touch base. What you said is that we do the same thing. We encourage our people to come back and go. We've sent several people in the last few years to go to Rama and stuff like that. And then I encourage for those who are listening, Rama pastors, like I just hired two new staff members in the last few months and both of them are Rama graduates. Yeah. yeah. And I had a, I had a church member walk up to me and they said, I've noticed something. And I was like, what's that? And they said, you seem to hire a lot of Rama people. And I go, yeah. And they said, is there a reason? And I said, there is. And they go, what is it? And I said, I know what they believe. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, and that's, that's, that's big. Yeah. You know, because a lot of, you know, not, not, there are other good schools and things like that, but, but, you know, there's something, a kindred spirit, no matter yeah. when you graduated, yeah. it doesn't matter. We, we, we know you were taught the same thing that I was taught. Yep. And, and so there's something, you know, so, I mean, there's a base right there that you don't have to reteach or retrain. Nope. You know, now maybe some of them didn't listen to everything <laughs> in school, but you know they've been taught. And, and obviously, we'll, we'll get to you know the church that you pastor now. But yeah. but obviously, the pastor there was before you. He hired a, a, lot, a lot of Raymond graduates as well. He was a Raymond grad. He was a Raymond grad. Yeah, and, and, and that's how you got on staff. Yeah. And so yep. So so here you are. You're, you're in school now. Now um, tell us. I mean, you're you're 30 years old and. Yep. and you played basketball on our college basketball team. So tell us how that came about. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – so when I was in high school, I had a lot of opportunities to go play. And for – you know, I made a bunch of, I'll just be honest, you know, dumb choices at that time and, and blew all those opportunities. So I thought that was something that was never going to happen in my life, you know. And so here I am. I come back at 30 and realize that you guys have a team. And I didn't plan on playing – I plan on just coming to school and things like that, you know. But when I got here, ended up meeting a few of the guys, talking to them and stuff like that. And so I did. I came out and played. And the joke was, you know, talking to Pastor Hagen, they found out who I was and how old I was. And uh, I inherently hit the nickname Grandpa, Grandpa. <laughs> from Pastor Hagen. And, you know, and so some of the guys would start joking about it. I'm like, listen, Pastor Hagen can say that, you know, but you cannot say that, you know. <laughs> you can't call me Grandpa. You can't call me Grandpa, you know, because these guys are 19 years old, you know, because we'd be in the bus, you know, traveling around, and I'd be like up there. I'd be like, hey, coach, 
as the hotel were saying it, does it have a hot tub? <laughs> you know, they're like, what? And, you know, because they don't know anything about yeah, it. They, they don't understand the, the injuries no. and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm running, I'm rubbing icy hot on myself, you know, before games, after games. You know, they're like, what's that smell? And I'm like, it's called icy hot. They're like, why? I'm like, you'll understand one day, you know. Yeah. So, so my experience probably a little bit different, you know, but I actually texted Pastor Hagen um, Monday. I was here for my first day of classes, and I was just I really honestly I was just overwhelmed with emotion yeah. as I come yeah. back on campus for you know I've been here obviously I come to camp meeting I come to winter Bible and things like that and I've been here different things and stuff and uh, but coming here this time for this purpose and I taught my class on Monday got done and I went out to my car and I was just, honestly truthfully it was just I was overrun with emotions and and I remember telling God just how how good He had been to me. Yeah. And how thankful for him I was is all the opportunities and, and the blessings that I have received in my life. And it dawned on me at that moment, all those things that I was thanking God for was attributed to Pastor Hagen and Rama. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, so I texted him and I literally said, I said, Pastor, I said, thank you for your obedience. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for coming. Thank you for continuing to sacrifice. And I literally said, because of you, I said, I got to fulfill a dream of playing in college basketball that I never thought I would get to at 30 years old. Yeah. I met my wife here. We've now been married for over 10 years. I have two beautiful children that I, I'm, you know, crazy about. <laughs> I'm getting to serve in ministry, which, you know, I'm so grateful now where Sarah and I are celebrating. It'll be um, 10 years as pastors at our church coming in September. And I started thinking about all those things and all those things were available and made optional because of Rama. Wow. Yeah. You know, I never would have met my wife. We wouldn't have got married. These two kids that I have, um, you know, like you said, Pastor Emi hired me because I'm a Rama graduate and yeah. all these things that I see that experienced all these things in my life that are so wonderful. Like I realized I owe all that to Pastor Hagen to Raymond. I was, and I was literally overwhelmed with emotion just sitting in my car thinking about that. That's awesome. Know? Yeah. I mean, it, it is awesome how, you know, some people think, well, you know, they come here to train for the Bible, you know, for, you know, learn more about the Bible or, or come to Bible school to go into ministry, but they don't realize the, the connection. I mean, obviously, you know, you've been very well connected. I mean, we, we probably text each other at least once a month or something yeah. like that. If, if not, you know, going on, I mean, you know, I don't text, I don't text all Raymond graduate. <laughs> okay. But, but, you know, obviously we were very instrumental in, into you being where you are now yeah. and pastoring, you know, yes. now. And, um, I mean, just, you know, Honestly, I'm, say I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. You know, it's, it's just a good, good to see you. I know you, you went through a lot of stuff, yeah. um, you know, and, and a lot of adversity, and we'll, we'll maybe get into some of that too. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just so exciting to, to see what God's, you know, done and, you know, how you're taking that church. And, you know, just, you know, just, I know dad's proud of you, but I'm proud of you too. Thank you. you. Know? So it's just, it's just amazing. But uh, like I said, you, you came to Rama 30 years old, played on the team. Now, for, for you guys listening right now, right now we do not have a team. A couple of reasons. COVID-19 kind of destroyed uh, our league and everything yeah. else. And then our coach quit. So that also, um, <laughs> but, but we are planning at some point in time to have a team again, but we have, first of all, we have to have players. I mean, so yeah. some of you, let me out there, you know, interested in playing, but I mean, we need, we need, you know, <laughs> Probably at least ten good players. I mean, Indeed, that was. Yes. I mean, that was the thing. Some of our last few teams, it was, and we want people that want to come to school, right? Not just play basketball. Yeah. And, and And we we had some folks that just kind of want to play basketball, and they once the season was over, they just take off or, right. or whatever. And and then I mean, we're having trouble keeping, you know, five decent players on on the thing. So 
just you know we'd like to have a team again right now That's we, awesome. we do not have one but yeah. you know we've had some adversity yeah. I mean, a number of schools called us this year and said before our coach left and says we don't know if we can play yet and we play a lot of them of, of higher division schools yeah. their, their jv team and they say our jv team is not going to travel this year you know and and we can't have you come to our gym either so that cut out a lot of our games and right. things like mm-hmm. that so so it's going to be a struggle and that's one of the reasons our coach decided to you know to have take another opportunity so but we are planning you know hopefully to have another another team um at some point in time just want to let Everybody, everybody know. know, yeah. Everybody know out there. So let's talk about after Amos. So you graduate, yep. you know. So now, now what happens? Yeah. So I graduated '08. Met my wife at the time we were just dating, and uh, she went on, like I said, to ORU. And it's a funny story, actually. So I have a unique opportunity, like I said, to probably know everybody that's a little bit different than everybody did playing yeah. basketball. Then also, I worked for the ministry yeah. at the time. I ran the ground crew, which now your son does. And so I interacted with a lot of stuff. And I remember Pastor Hagen coming over to me and was like, you know, Chad, what's your plans now? And I was like, well, you know, I just made a natural assumption because I lived in Kansas City and pastored there for, you know, for several long years. I thought I would go back there and plant a church. I'll just be honest with you. I really didn't even pray about it type of thing. And Pastor Hagen literally told me out by the softball field, he was like, don't do it. He's like, I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. I think you're supposed to stay at Raymond Mm -hmm. for a little while and figure out, you know, what you're like, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, you think at 30 years old, you would learn by now to listen to somebody, you know, but I didn't. I said, well, pastor, you know, I appreciate it, but I said, I really think I'm supposed to go up to Kansas City, you know, and do that. And so I did, and I went up there, and it did exactly what he said it would do, and it didn't even take off. <laughs> like, all the people that, you know, I had known that during that time had been years had passed, and when I came back and talked to him, you know, they weren't interested in all that. And I could see, obviously, right away that God wasn't in it. And so I moved back to Nixa at that time and got a and, job. And that's, that's that's a good point. You know, you know, we need to have God's plans, not our own plans. And some, yeah. sometimes we make plans because we think, well, that that would be good. Right. Just because it would be good doesn't mean it's God's plans. You know, you know, you know God's God's going to equip us, but He's going to equip us for the plan that He has for us too. So yeah. So you move back to Nixa. So move back to Nixa, and believe it or not, I got uh, my my insurance license. And just started selling some insurance and started going to a local church and just seeing what area I could serve in and doing stuff like that and did that. But then obviously, as you guys know, you can't run away from that call and doing that. And so I was involved in the local church as much as I could. I served in every area. I served with college and careers and stuff like that. And I just remember I'm thinking, you know, this I got to this isn't it, you know. And so I did what I encourage every Raymond graduate to do is I went on the website after I graduated, went on there to mm-hmm. see what opportunities were available, yeah. you know. And, went and, on there. and just to let you know, I know that T-Mac right here, Tony just put a, a you know, sent, yes. out, sent out an email to all the pastors. This you know, morning. Yep. This to, morning I got to, it. To put the ministerial opportunities on, on the website. Yep. So, so that way for some of you Raymer graduates out there, they're looking at these are for, you know, this is after you graduate. Right. Yep. You can look on this website. And so, you know, hopefully we get some more opportunities out there as well. Any, because, anyone can post opportunities, yeah, but only Raymer alumni get to see those. Yeah. So, so even if you're a non Raymond church, right. you, you, exactly. you, you can call our Raymond alumni department and ask for Tony McKinnon. Um, and um, we can, post opportunities because you know and we do we get them from across the 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 denominational spectrum and schools and yeah and and like chad says you know raymond graduates make 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 good um you know good employees yeah (laughs) they do all right so so yeah i looked on there and there was a position open for a college and career pastor in sand springs oklahoma and so i'm thinking where's that at looked it up and couldn't believe it it was right outside of tulsa obviously just you know 
And so Sarah obviously was going to ORU at the time, and so we thought, man, that's a great fit. And so uh, applied for the job and uh, was offered the job, and so we were able to accept the call. So we started at the church as college and career pastors. Yeah, Pastor David E. My great yep. man. Yep, great, great man. And so yeah, we, we actually had Earl Glisson on you know, yeah. a few weeks ago in office. Yeah. Earl was a youth pastor. Earl was a youth pastor at yep. that church. Yep. And so, um, you know, he's produced a, a number of, 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 of great fruit, you know, not only here, but all around the world, obviously. You, you, you know that from yeah. all, the, all the ministries you guys have. Yeah. So we started there, and our journey is probably a little bit unique. We started, and uh, kind of funny story about it is, I guess, if you will, is that at the last interview, when we were gone through this process to take the job, uh, Pastor David actually drove down to Missouri to meet me and Sarah to wow. offer us the job. And we're sitting there, and um, he talked to us a couple of and he said, oh, by the way, uh, the job is part-time. <laughs> like, that was like, I was like, wait, wait, you know, wait, what? You know, he was like, yeah, um, I don't know if they mentioned that to you, but this is a part-time position right now. And I was like, oh, he goes, was that a problem? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm getting married in a few months, you know, and so I'm yeah. like, I need to do something. He's like, okay. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, we're currently having a cleaning company that cleans the church. He said, if you'll clean the church, he said, I'll make you a full-time employee. Then you can work at the church full-time. And I remember I was like, uh, you know, cause in your mind, you have your <laughs> image of what ministry is. And I'm yeah. thinking yeah. I'm 30, whatever, one yeah, years old, and I'm going to be a janitor of the church. You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> oh, so I talked to Sarah about it, you know, and she's like, he said, well, you can take a job here and then, you know, look for another part-time job. And he said, but the thing with the church, you know, you'll be here. You can do things of that nature, you know. And hey, so, there, there's a lot of associate pastors that also hey, the church. In, yeah. my, in my 30s as an associate pastor, I vacuum the sanctuary yes. every week. And that's what I found out very early on is that even though we may not be called a janitor, but we still have that role of doing things right. Yeah. And plumber. Yeah. And Electrician. Yeah, I did it all. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> so we took the job. And uh, the funny thing of it is. I never saw the building, and I didn't know that we had a separate youth building as well. So, yeah, so, so you didn't even know anything about their youth facilities. No, and so our building, I think, is around 25,000 square feet. And so you know, I said, sure. I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> and I remember the first day I went and cleaned and doing the job interview, you know, and the guy was showing me around. He goes, okay, now let's go off site and let's look at the youth facility. <laughs> and I said, we have another building? He said, yeah. He said, come on, I'll show it to you. We get down there, and you've been there. Yeah. You know, I can't remember how many square feet it is. Cliff, you've been, it, it is a big building. I remember thinking, I can't believe I said yes to this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so I was there for a bit, and then uh, you know him also. He's another Raymer graduate, Tim Earnhardt. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, so you guys know Tim. Tim was there. Tim not only was Raymer graduate, he grew up in my youth group. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. In, in fact, um, and we'll have to have Tim on the program, you know, at some point in time. Yeah. I, I remember when Tim went to interview, he, he interviewed right out of Rama. Yeah. And, and so, you know, they kept talking about all the stuff Pastor Earl did. Some of them weren't even youth related. Uh-huh. And, and Tim goes, goes, Pastor Emi, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but understand I'm not Pastor Earl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just graduated from Rama. You know, yeah. you know I'll, I'll do anything you ask me to do, but, but you know, my skill sets might be a little limited right now, but I'll try it. You know, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, so but, Tim was our youth pastor at the yeah. time, and he'd been there for probably like, man, I want to say like five years or more probably, I would guess. Yeah. And he actually, as you know, now he pastors Occupied Church here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he felt a calling to do something different at that time. And so he stepped away. And so I actually at that time, uh, I was having a one-on-one with Pastor Emi at the time. And so I could tell he, something was, you know, off during our met, you know, during our meeting. Yeah. 
And I said, is everything okay? And he was like, yeah. And I said, uh, do we want to, do you want to reschedule or something? And he said, no, no, no. He said, uh, he said he would, and Tim was in the meeting right before me. And he said, Tim just told me he's going to be stepping away and doing something different. And I said, oh, okay. I said, I tell you what. And I just said it just pure hearted. I said, well, if you need some help filling in on Wednesday nights until you find somebody, just let me know. I'll be happy to fill in. And he said, okay. And so we finished our meeting and we went up. And so I went to lunch and after lunch, he came up to me and he said, he knocked on my door. He said, do you have a moment? Yes, sir. And he came down. He said, Hey, did you mean what you said during our meeting? And I I was trying to recall what I said, you know, as we talked about a lot, you know, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. And he said, you said you'd be willing to help out a little bit on Wednesday nights until I could find somebody. I said, Oh yeah. I said, I don't want to see you have to rush and try to make, you know, find somebody. I said, we'll be happy to do that. And he goes, okay. And so I started filling in on Wednesday nights, you know, and Tim had done a great job so it wasn't you know he had done the great youth ministry had been there for a long time and so i had stepped in and kind of like probably like him i had limited skill set yeah. things that i'd do but you know i just had a heart i'd do whatever i could to serve and so we did that and for a little while and then pastor david came to us shortly after and he said hey you're doing a really good job with that um he said you're doing a good job seem to mix with the college and career and with young uh, excuse me with the teenagers he said it might be a good fit. He said because when they graduate from youth, you right. can just transition yeah, into so, our college and career group because they know you already. Yeah, which makes it a lot of it a real, lot easier yeah. if they yeah. know you than if it's like, okay, now you get the new guy. Yep. And so he said, would you be interested in just doing both? And he said, I tell you what, if you'll do both, you don't have to clean the church anymore. <laughs> and I, couldn't, I couldn't say yes fast enough. I didn't have, you don't have to pray about that. Yeah. You know? And I really didn't. But you know what's funny thing of it is is that I remember saying, yes, let's, let's do it. And I remember saying, I better ask my wife. Yeah. And so the yeah. funny story about that is, so I actually called Sarah and I was like, Hey babe, I just got a, out of meeting with pastor David. He's offered me the job as a youth pastor as well. So I don't have to do cleaning. And, you know, I thought she was going to say, Oh, that's great. Everything. And she goes, Oh, we can't do it. And I said, what's that? And she said, she goes, babe, she said, I mean, she was getting her master's degree at the time. She goes, we just got married. We're building up the college and career group. And she's like, and teenagers, they need a lot of attention. You know, and she's like, I just don't know if we have enough, you know, time and space or everything right now to do that. And I go, really? And she's like, yeah. And I said, so you mean to tell him that I'm not doing it? And she goes, I don't think we're, I don't think this is a, we should do it. And I said, okay. I remember hanging up the phone and I was probably lying on the floor in a ball of bass. <laughs> I had to go back to Pastor David and I was like, hey, um, so talk to Sarah. And she said, don't know if that's necessarily a good time. And so long story short is that shortly after that, she called me back and she said, hey, uh, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me, and we are supposed to take that job. Mm. And she said, I know we're not. She said, I was being selfish and everything. She said, but, yeah. man, he's been dealing with me. And she said, and the natural, she said, doesn't make any sense, but I know this is what God's asked us to do. And you so, got to be in agreement. Yep. And so we called him back real shortly and said, hey, we talked about it, and we're good to go. And so we uh, became the youth pastor and college and career pastor shortly after being there. And uh, did that for a while, and then you know I don't know how much you want to go into you know our story or anything like that. You know, as well, far this as, is what you know, Pastor Emma had an untimely death. Yeah, you know, and obviously the church was in kind of turmoil, and you yes. know, I, I guess grief, the, you know, the, you yeah. know, grief shock. and everything else, shock. You know, and and the board stepped in, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I guess for for a number of of weeks, we just had different people fill the pulpit. I mean, I know I've, I've, yeah. I, I was one of them that came and preached, and we yep. had, you know, Karen Jensen and Doug Jones, uh, um, you know, 
you know, Southbury now. Doug Jones, Tony, yep. Tony Cook, Cook, obviously, yep. number of times. And so during all that, how was that? I mean, you know, so, you know, obviously you didn't know what was going on. You didn't know what future, you know, and you didn't know if some new pastor came in, whether they're going to want to have you or not have you or that kind of stuff. And Yeah, like you said, he so he tragically passed away um, in June of 2011. And I think we came on staff February of 2010. Mm. If yeah. I remember correctly, is what it was. Yeah. So, so it wasn't very long. It wasn't, you know, very long at all. And so, um, you know, and, and so a couple of things that happened during that time. And so, uh, there was a few times, like, so he, w- so he was out of the pulpit before he passed away, right? Yeah. He took from, his sabbatical time. He yeah. took. He was off from um, December basically until he passed away. So yeah. from December to June, he was out of the pulpit, you know, and stuff like that. So. During that time, he had told the board that he would wanted me to fill in on Sunday mornings the best I could. And as you said, you know, we brought in some different people to yeah. help out and stuff like that or whatever. So at the time, what was crazy was we were doing Sunday morning services at 9, 11 o'clock. And so I was leading the 9, 11 o'clock Sunday morning service. And then I was doing Wednesday night youth. And then I was doing a Sunday night college and career. Wow. And I did that from, like I said, when he took some time off from uh, January. And I so I did that January, February, March, April, May, and June. I was doing all three of those roles in our church at that time. And sometime during that point, he apparently he had told the board that he really wanted me to step into that role. He could see me doing that. He believed that God had sent us for that purpose. And so he had told the board and said, hey, I think I, we just want to make Chad our associate pastor. And so the board came to me and said, hey, you know, met with Pastor David, and we want you to become the associate pastor. Are you interested in doing that? And I said, yeah, I'll be happy to do that. I said, to do that role. But I said, I think we probably need to fill some of these other roles. I said, you're doing everything. I said, I can't, you know, I can't, you know, I'll do anything for a while. But, you know, to maintain it and to be, you know, successful at it, if you will, like we really need to. So we hired a youth pastor and some stuff like that. And so then I filled that role of associate pastor. And then when he passed away, like I said, tragically, that, that June 2011, so the board came to us and they said, hey, you know, after talking with Pastor David, you know, obviously he wanted you in this role. He sees something that in the future of you is that, as he, we thought, obviously he would transition maybe to retirement one day and stuff like that, but it would end that way. They said, we think that he wants you to take in and become the second pastor of this church because he planted the church and yeah. pioneered it in 1981. And so the church had only had one pastor the whole time, mm-hmm. you know. And so so we became the second senior pastors in that church. And of all things, I look at it now, I look back and I'm like, that was not wise thinking. Check this out. So we did a vote on September 11th. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, how do you celebrate your church anniversary on September September 11th? 11th, (laughs) You know, so again, you know, these are things you don't think about when you're young, you know, whatever. The 911 pastor. So they voted us in on September 11th, you know, and uh, and so now we actually celebrate on September the 18th. Yeah, because, you know, and, you know, and, and it's tough when you take over for a pastor who pioneered, you know, mm-hmm. because your styles are not the same. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I'm sure there were some people that weren't real happy about it. You know, there were other people that probably were real happy about it, you know, but I'll know. say this, too. I mean, you know, your dad, obviously, Pastor Hagen came out and graciously installed Sarah and I on our first service ever, you know, and your mom and dad came out and they prayed over us. They prayed over the church and they, you know, they spoke over the church and stuff like that. And like, just kind of go back to what you said for a moment. Again, I have to think about the thankfulness of God in my life. Um, I'm convinced 
that we wouldn't be here today for Ray, if it wasn't for Rama for multiple reasons. I don't think I would have got the job from Pastor Emi in the beginning mm -hmm. if it wasn't for my Rama experience. But then once Pastor David did pass and then we took over, like you said, how many times, I mean, you came over a couple times for yeah. us. Your dad you came over, like I said, Doug, I mean, all those people. We had Rama ministers in our congregation in, in speaking to our church yeah. and, you know, and helping us out and doing anything that we could. And, you know, you guys hosted the funeral for us. All that became a resource for us. And we talk about this all the time. They say Rama is family, right? Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to say that, but I think when you go through a difficult time, you'll really see who your family Reality. is. Reality, yeah. yeah. You know, and for us, I know Sarah and I, that's why I think, you know, overrun by emotions because at this critical time, I had never been a senior pastor. And as you guys know, you know, it's the proverbial chair that we're sitting in right now, which, yeah. by the way, is really unfair that you guys get these real comfortable <laughs> chairs and I get this <laughs> chair that's like... I don't know. I mean, Brother Hagen might have sat in this chair, I think, possibly. Yeah, it, was, it was Brother Hagen's chair. So you, yeah. so you should, I'm good, just, then. Just a reminder, you can't stay long. <laughs> you know, it's that. You know, it's one you, thing. You can blame Cliffy Poo here, our, our producer. Oh. He's the one that picks our chairs. I, I just really want that couch is looking good. Better well, you as got the time couch goes right on. there. <laughs> but truthfully, you know, like, I don't know if we would have made it past that difficult point yeah. without Rama. You know, because yeah. here's the thing. One, it's one thing we were talking about, and we encourage everybody to come and be a part and go to school, Rayma School, right? The other thing I think you got to do is continue to be a part of the Rayma family once you graduate. Yes. You yeah. stay connected. And here's what we all know is that that's a choice. You yeah. know, your choice to stay connected to Rayma is up to you, what you do with that. And I know for us— Well, it, there's a lot of Rayma grads that you probably graduated with that they're not connected anymore mm -hmm. or whatever. Not saying that they're not doing nope. good things or whatever, but, you know, you—, you you stay with those that that, that brought you. I mean, yep. you know, and I think it's important. You know, join RMAI. Obviously, you know, David, Pastor, we might be in RMAI church. I mean, yep. we we always try to help them when yeah. they're going through any kind of transition. You know, or or even sometimes, you know, the, the pastor, you know, maybe has got sick for a little bit. You know, but able to come back or, or whatever. Like I said, you know, with Pastor Emi, he took a little sabbatical. You know, for a while, and so we were. Trying to help out, do whatever we can. Yep. You know, a little easier because it's pretty close to the Tulsa area. So, right. so it was a little easier to send right. a lot of our teachers over there to, yeah. you know, help. You know, you know, not not everybody's within a quick driving distance, but but we have had to send people across the nation. You know, well, and even our organization is yeah. all, is is all over the world. So we've got directors and other yeah. ministers. We can still tap people in other places. Yeah, and we yeah. we brought other 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 pastors in, but even some of our mm -hmm. own teachers and our other people have filled the pulpit for people as you know, yeah, exactly. as they passed away. You know, and that's that's a tough time when the church's going through a transition. I mean, you know, that can make or break a church. Yeah. You know, and you know, obviously, you know, it's it's not an easy easy time. And you know, we're there to help. And you know, Ram like I said, Ram is a family, mm -hmm. and not not just a, a place to come to school. And that, I think that's important. You know, and sometimes what's sad. It takes someone coming back to their tenth year or their twenty year reunion before they ever kind of figure out, you know, man, I need to stay connected. Yeah, you know? it kind of dials in. Yeah, yeah. For us, it was you know, Rama was a lifeline during yeah. that time. Like honestly, it was a resource. I just remember you know your dad, you know, saying anything he could do to help. You said anything you could do to help, and just be able to reach out and say things. And I think it brought probably stability to our church. Because it was so unstable at that time, but when they came in, because they had known a lot of these guys, you know, because Pastor David had brought them in over yeah. the years, and so it was familiar faces, and they basically were going to say, "It's okay," yeah. you know. We're not saying that you're not going through a difficult time right now, but 
it's okay. And I think some from our church, they could see that, you know, Sarah and I actually had a resource that we could go to. Support network. You know, we had a support network, you know, that we could go to. And I think that, in my opinion, I have a board member. What's really interesting is uh, when Pastor David started the church in 1981, he was a, had a childhood friend that he grew up with his whole life. And he was the first person that he called um, to start the church. And he was on the board from day one, and he's still on the board today. Yeah, wow. yeah. And he tells me all the time, he says, he's reminded that he says, Chad, he said, we're a miracle church. He said, it was just, it's a miracle that we, that we made it through what we went through and everything like that. And he says, you know, Brother Hagen tells me that all the time. When I say Brother Hagen, I, I'm talking about Pastor Hagen, you know. Yeah. So because uh, he says, you know, he played such an instrumental role during that time. He said, he reminded me all the time, he said, it's a miracle, you know, that we were through there. And I, yeah. again, I think it, all that network of support group that we had yeah. on to help us see us through, you know. Yeah, and so it's amazing now that you said you're 10 years now, you're saying? It'll be 10 years in September. Yeah, and so you guys recently, a couple years ago, yep. you, you renamed the church. Yep. And, you know, so Reach Church. Now, why did you call it Reach Church? I mean, you know, I kind of know, but yeah. tell so, everybody else. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9 out of the message translation, Paul talks about it, and he says that he goes to a list of people that he wants to reach. And then he goes on there and he tells people who he wants to reach. And so I was reading that one day out of the message translation and it just jumped out at me. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, as, as believers, as churches, ultimately, you know, that's what we're called to do. One part of the thing is we're called to reach people. Yeah. And so when I saw that out of that translation, I was reading, like I said, I was like, oh, my goodness. And so I remember telling my wife, I was like, I love that. Yeah. That we're called to reach people. You know, that's what we want to do is our right. church like that. And so, yeah, about three years ago, I think it was, we made the transition and we renamed the church. It was Word of Life at the time yeah. and rebranded. And I mean, that's going to be big because I mean, that's been Word of Life since it started, you know, mm-hmm. in, in 81. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, I think I got... Great advice from Raymond alumni at that time. Uh, uh, well, I, I know you also. I know you called Dad. Yes, which, which that's that's really big. That you know, you know, a lot of people make big choices and then they're like don't get any advice. But like I said, you, Pastor Hagen said, you know, in the very beginning, he said, Chad, he said, piece of advice that I can give you is this. He said, you're going to want to come in there. He said, you're young, you're excited. He said, you got full of vision, you're full of passion, all that. He said, one of the things you don't want to do. He said, don't go in there and start making a bunch of changes immediately. He said, even though maybe you'll see some things that need to be changed or want to change, he said, don't do it. He said, it'll be a mistake. He said, it's, your, your church has been through so much. And so, you know, we heeded that advice. And so we waited, you know, I think six or seven years yeah. before. And I'll be honest with you, I, I wanted to change the name from the beginning mm-hmm. just because not that it was a bad name because we still there's a lot of Word of Life churches out there today, but it just yeah. wasn't me. You know, I wanted yeah. it to fit me. And so, but we waited. And again, counsel from, you know, from Pastor Hagan said, don't do it. And so when we did do it three years ago, I'm happy to announce, I mean, you guys probably know name changes from doing all those things can be very difficult for people like that. Yeah. I can't tell you. I asked our staff. I asked the board, everything. Do you know one person who left the church because we changed the name? And we couldn't think of one person. Right. Praise yeah. the Lord. You know, but I can tell you a handful or, you know, of people who left when I took over the church, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but years later, you know, when we made that change, we, we, we honestly couldn't think of one person who literally, you know, who left the church at that right. point, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Amen. Well, we're going to have Chad with us, you know, back on our, on our next program. But, you know, if you're listening out there and 
maybe you're going through transition in your life. You know, 2020 was a huge transitional year. So now it's 2021. You're still trying to figure out what you're doing. You know, maybe Rhema Bible Training College is the place you, you need to come. You know, whether you feel you're called to ministry or you want to learn more about the Bible, rbtc.org. Um, just go to the website, find more information about the, the, the college. And then there's, some, there, there's a place there, fill, it, fill out the information, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, um, try to get you to come and take a tour, or, or invite you to College Week in Ram, I mean, April 9th, 10th, and 11th. Well, Chad, it's, it's been a great program kind of hearing what you've gone through, you know, and, and your RAM experience. But, you know, we like to end our broadcasts the way we end our television broadcasts you know, as well. Here at RAMA, we're bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. world.